Hey mama, I see you. Laptop out on the kitchen table, responding to emails as you dole out snacks. You've been told your whole life you can do anything you want, and your wish list includes a job you love, financial stability, being there to watch your kids grow up, and the flexibility to do it all on your own terms and schedule. But what you hadn't counted on was the isolation, putting everyone else's needs before your own, and that overwhelming feeling of being pulled in all directions at once. Hey, I'm your host, Kimberlyn Owens-Hughes, and I believe in you and the life you've dreamed of. I believe you can have it all without sacrificing yourself in the process. In fact, I'm convinced that the better you treat yourself, the more you can show up and work your magic in your career, your family, and your life. This podcast is here to inspire, challenge, and support you in your work from home journey. I am so glad you are here. Now listen in. Hey love, how are you? I am so glad you are back here with us on the Work It Mama podcast. I am your host, Kimberlyn Owens-Hughes, and today's topic is a doozy. This is something that I actually was not planning on talking about this week, but it's been on my mind, it's been on my heart, and I really wanted to share it with you because I think it's something that we really need to get out in the open and we need to talk about. And that has to do with this tendency of ours, of our society today, of living a full life. Okay, now what do I mean by full? (laughs) So I'm not talking about a full life in the sense of, you know, a life where you have it all and you are satisfied and content with life. No, I'm not talking about that sense of a full life. I'm talking about a full life in the sense of full-time job, full-time parenting, full social schedule, right? Full of commitments. Your budget is, you know, maxed out. You are stretched too thin, basically living one day at a time. You're afraid to stop for fear of it all tumbling down, afraid to take a fucking break. If we go back to episode four, um, which was my interview with Heather Chauvin, and I talked about this, right? The title of that podcast was, I was terrified of taking a break, right? I've been there. And I think that a lot of us are either still there, uh, a lot of us maybe get out of it, but then fall back into it because it's the society that we live in right now. It's to max out our capacity, to max out all of the time, all of the money, all of our energy so that we can, quote unquote, have it all, right? We are essentially living in survival mode. Our budget is tapped out. We have zero free time, no white space, basically praying that your water heater doesn't crap out on you because you have no money and no mental capacity to really handle anything outside of what is already scheduled. I say water heater because literally two weeks ago, ours did crap out on us (laughs) and uh, a week of cold showers and three or four plumbers who came to the house, couldn't fix it. We ended up having to to spend the money to replace it. So uh, true story. (laughs) I did not have the mental capacity at the time. We had just, we were just getting over COVID and Honestly, I was so ready for life to go back to normal, but these things happen, right? These unpredictable things 
which basically makes us life, they happen. And yet we are living at a pace that is unable to, to deal, unable to cope when the unpredictable happens. So today I really want to pull back the curtains and tell you guys a little bit about a story of my own personal hell that I've been going through that is related to my house. So just to kind of take you back, survival mode, right? This is kind of how I was living for many years of my life, particularly after my divorce, but also before. And I was so focused on all of the hats that I was wearing, right? I was mom. I was a worker. I was the sole breadwinner. I was the responsible one. I was responsible for cooking, for cleaning, for grocery shopping. And I was living every day on a day-to-day basis, right? And while I was technically making time for me, right, every morning I would go after dropping my daughter off at school, I would go to daily Pilates classes. So, you know, from an outsider perspective, and even from my own perspective, I was making time for me, right? I was taking care of myself. I, I had a full schedule. And for the most part, that worked really well, right? I didn't feel ever like I was in crisis mode until crisis hit. So to backtrack a little bit, in 2013, the same year my daughter was born, my ex and I were building a house that we actually moved into the week after my daughter was born. And suffice it to say, (laughs) home ownership has been way more than I bargained for. We had calculated out the costs, how much, you know, it was going to take, and we never really counted on having to spend so much more money, time, energy into the house, right? Especially when you're wearing all the hats, you're doing all the things, your day-to-day schedule is jam-packed, right? There's a lot of just shit that you have to deal with when you own a home that I don't think many of us are actually prepared for. So literally the day after we moved into this house, I remember it was the end of May and in Chile where, where I live, the winter is the rainy season, right? So we were going into winter, right? Remember we're in Southern hemisphere. So seasons are switched. We were going into winter and the day after we moved in, we had a huge rainstorm and my house almost flooded because the builders hadn't actually done any work outside the house to keep the rainwater from going anywhere but inside the house. We had two or three leaks inside the house. We had water coming through the front door. Basically, it was a shit show. (laughs) I was there, you know, seven, eight days postpartum after having a C-section. I couldn't really move. My main goal was to breastfeed my daughter and, you know, keep her happy. Meanwhile, my ex and some neighbors and some friends and my dad were all trying to keep water out of the house, right? This is day two after, like, We moved in on a Sunday and Monday morning, shit hit the fan. And basically since then, every single fucking winter, we have had to deal with some type of moisture issue, some type of leak, some type of wall with mold growing on it. And yeah, the builder has come and he has you know, come and patched up things and supposedly made it right. But most of the repairs have really just been Band-Aid repairs. And 
honestly, at the time, and especially let let's say so in 2015 is when I separated from my ex, and Sophia and I still live here in this house. And since then, I've been the one, right? Like I said, I was the responsible one. And my plate was so full that I couldn't even find the time or mental capacity to, you know, complain, to find a lawyer, to sue the builder. Because every time I would call him, he would come. It wasn't like he was, you know, not responding, but he would just come, patch it up. And then next winter, we'd have, you know, problems again. And so, right, going back to the cost of living a full life is I really did not have the time, the energy, or capacity to deal with these issues, these home ownership issues. And I was really just living in survival mode. So long story, a little less long. Over the years, our house was essentially accumulating moisture. The house is built from what are called SIP panels. They are essentially wood, styrofoam, and wood, which means that wood obviously absorbs moisture. So every leak, every time, you know, water would build up outside the house and it would get close to the house, the house would just be soaking it up, right? And a few years back, we noticed in the dining room, the wall in the dining room had mold. And we couldn't figure out how, you know, like how to get rid of the mold. We eventually hired another contractor who came in and he said, yes, there is mold, but the mold is both on the inside, you know, wood and on the outside wood. And these, these panels go on top of this kind of like plywood and that plywood was basically rotted. All of the water, all of the moisture that had just like come and sat there rotted this plywood. We ended up having to replace that wall and then replace pretty much the entire wall. So my, my dining room and living room kind of back up to each other. Replace that entire wall because the moisture was so bad. He starts looking at the house. You know, we realized we ended up having to renovate our bathroom completely because the moisture and the rot and the mold behind the tiles was so bad. And basically, so we've done some work here. We've made some progress, but really it's it's the whole house, right? We have worked at a, a couple of areas, but there is still moisture. There's still mold. We're even going to have to get our roof replaced because every time that he would come and like patch up a leak, it would work right for a little bit but then we would still have you know another leak the next year or the next month and <clears throat> no one could really get at the source of the leak so we're having to fork over a shit ton of money to replace the roof and we're waiting for that to happen really before he does any more work inside the house which means we're living with mold inside the house so basically i know you're there thinking well what does this have to do with the full life, right? And I want to come back to that because it basically has everything to do with it. I, this entire time, especially in the past year, I've been like collecting evidence of all of the leakage and the moisture and the mold. And I've been collecting this evidence 
with the intent of going to a lawyer and eventually suing the builder, the original builder, for all of these issues, right? For all of the times that he has come and patched up something and then left for, you know, last year when I reached out to him and I told him and I sent him pictures of the moisture and the problems when he basically just like washed his hands and said, it's not my problem anymore. I wanted to sue the fuck out of him. And that was the plan. Until last week, I reached out to a pretty like badass lawyer in Santiago. They deal with like this type of issues. And he basically told me that unless I had evidence of all of the times that the builder had come and fixed things, that we were pretty much beyond the period of time in which I could I could technically sue him. And I had thought that I had, you know, kept evidence. I was pretty sure that I had all of the WhatsApp messages with the builder. Well, turns out the WhatsApp messages with the builder from all the times that he had fixed the house between 2015 and 2019, I guess. Yeah, right before pandemic. They were all on a phone that is now my daughter's and she had deleted all of the conversations, or maybe I had deleted. I honestly don't know. (laughs) But that's the thing about when you live in survival mode, it's like you put away the important document. You say, "I'm, I'm going to know that this is somewhere. But our brains are so fried and our capacity is so limited that it's really fucking hard to remember where they are, right? And I am pretty sure that I put all of this information in some type of hard drive or cloud or something, and I can't find it. I can't fucking find it now. And basically, I have zero evidence to put it against the builder, unless for some you know miracle, we are able to actually show that there is a problem with the foundation of the house. And in that case, we are still, we still have a little bit of time. It has also been pointed out to me multiple times that some of the moisture issues that we have had here in the house, yes, the builder has been partly responsible for them, but there are things that I should have been doing, right? Maintenance that I should have been hiring out to seal the roof, to seal the windows, just basic maintenance that I, as a new homeowner, had zero idea that I was supposed to be doing. I feel like when they sell you a house or when you build a house, there's no manual. Like no one's saying you need to get this checked every so often, right? You need to seal the foundation of your house. Like I no idea. And even if you had told me this back in the day, I probably, and being totally honest, I probably would have just kind of brushed it off. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the money, right? All of my my budget was going to other things, food, travel. I didn't have really the wiggle room in terms of time and money to even do maintenance. And so basically, this is what it has to do with right? The full life. I think that a lot of times we put off the simple maintenance. We put off the basic tasks upkeep because we don't have the capacity, right? We are living day to day. We're doing the things that we think we're supposed to be doing. 
but we're not actually giving any time or energy to things that we should be doing, right? Instead, not instead, but in addition, right? We're not maintaining, right? In this case, it wasn't, I was not doing the maintenance on the house that should have been done. In other cases, we have just basic human upkeep, right? We're not eating healthy. We're not moving our bodies on a regular basis, right? We're waiting for a crash diet and a prayer to be able to get into, you know, the bathing suit come summer. And, but we're not doing the things that we need to be doing every single day to ensure that our health and not just our appearance is on point. Hell, we're probably even putting off dentist appointments because flossing is the last thing on our minds before crashing into bed at night, right? I think that the cost of this full life, it's costing us our health. It's costing us our money. It's costing us our energy, our time. It's having to deal with these major crises that could have been prevented if we had just been doing the little things day to day, month to month, if we had just been doing the maintenance. So I want you to take this opportunity and think about what is living a full life costing you? What are you avoiding? What do you not have capacity for? What crisis is looming? And then I want you to think about how you can make more space, how you can make white space, how you can make time to breathe, time to rest, time to maintain. What are the things that you could start eliminating from your schedule? Are there commitments that are no longer serving you? Is there something that is draining you that you can just eliminate completely? Now is not the time to people please. Now is not the time to do things out of obligation. I want you to think about how you can take back the reins on your life. Take back the reins around your time and your energy, and your capacity. I want you to think about how you can make space. How can you stop living such a full life? How can you make time to breathe? Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I truly hope you found the inspiration, challenge, or support you needed. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with another work from home friend or head over to Instagram, tag me and let me know your biggest takeaways. You can find my Instagram handle in the show notes. I'll see you guys next week.